Happy Father's Day. Abba, happy Father's Day. And it's Father's Day, 365 days a year. Glory to God. We so appreciate you. Amen. I've got some, uh, a pretty, pretty awesome compilation of some things to read today and share. I'm usually, you know, hammering the, I mean, hammering the word. Glory to God. Uh, it's word in the morning, word in the evening, word at supper time. Amen. Well, thank you for the one amen. Praise God. Amen. All right, this isn't the one I want. Uh, today's message, Rye, is father, what kind of father are you? What kind of father are you? Albert, I'm going to ask this side to come on over here. Praise God. Yeah, let's mingle over here. I just want to be centerized with the whole mishpoka today. Yeah, come on over. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we just thank you so very much. God bless you. We thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We are truly benefactors of the goodness of God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. Not only are you a creator, an ambiguous creator, you're our papa, you're our father. And Lord Jesus, that you so loved, the father so loved us that you submitted yourself to suffer the the unimaginable. To take upon yourself the punishment of all mankind in exchange for eternal life. Lord, we're celebrating you today and the fathers. The fathers, the patriarchs that you've established through the seed. As Carol was sharing, Lord, the X and Ys that you ordained to put in the planet for influence. That we are here by divine design. And we happen to be male species by choice of God Almighty himself. And you've ordained a special place for, the, for patriarchs and for men in society. And as we delve into the word today, we're asking just for our spiritual eyes to be enriched and blessed. That we can look at the things of the natural And begin to manage and rule, even have a paradigm shift in our thinking today, regardless of our age. Because the entrance of your word gives light. Hallelujah. And we celebrate light today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory. What kind of father are you? I just want to encourage all the men in here today, do not uh, in any way, this is not nothing critical or cynical or anything else, and there's some questions going to be asked today just for reflection. Amen? Hallelujah. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy it if you're just open and let the Holy Spirit just minister to us. But the message today 
You know, the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, that the fivefold offices are to equip the body of Christ for the work of ministry. That's why when we have the marriage on the rock meetings, we encourage the whole congregation. It's open to all because the knowledge that comes forth and the teaching there in that environment can help equip you to minister to some marriage, whether you're single or married. Amen. The entrance of the word gives light. Hallelujah. So it's important that you and I can be a blessing wherever God needs us. Amen. So let me start here. Some people say any man can be a father. It's a job that takes little talent. However, the rate for failure in fatherhood is actually higher than any other occupation. Fathers have a colossal full-time job that most people underestimate. Amen? It is the most important task. <laughs> I'm going to be Donald today, hallelujah. It is the most important task a man can tackle. Despite vast changes in America's social fabric... In recent years, one thread, you can take this to the bank, one thread of tradition shows no sign of unraveling. And that is sons and daughters who follow in their father's footsteps. Amen? Well, how do they do that? By our example, through our words and our deeds. And actually, deeds and words. <laughs> Yeah, you know, some people talk a good story, but they don't walk it. Well, we're blessed. Amen. We're a people of the word. We're not hearers only who deceive ourselves. We're effectual doers of the word. Amen. America. I'd, let me just share this with you. And we've shared this statistic in here before. But this is a fact. The most introverted person, male or female. In their lifetime, will touch 10,000 lives. That is a fact. The most introverted person in their lifetime will touch 10,000 people in their life. They may touch one extrovert that could touch 8,000 people. Even though as introverted as they may be in a wallflower, or, you know, they, they're the love of God. That counsel of God, that advice, that love, that prayer that you may pray for somebody could touch them and change them. And they could be that extrovert that God ignites. And all of a sudden, you've got 10,000 people that have been touched as a result of your influence. That's pretty cool. Amen. So if you're a little bit extroverted, the numbers increase. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But America... I want to say this, every man in here, and I'm just going to speak to the men. Women, you can be blessed by it because it includes you as well. But to the men in here, your influence in society is ordained by God and designed by God. Some of us in this congregation, a lot of us are past the 50 mark. But I'll tell you what, we still have a race to run. And we have an influence on every life we touch on a daily basis. America is standing at a crossroads of history, our nation. Our very survival as a nation may depend 
on the presence or absence of masculine leadership in millions of homes. The quality of the, of the government of God is actually supposed to be reflected first and foremost in the home. That's where the government of God gets established and gets comprehended and understood. Amen? That's where it should. God created the family unit before he ever created the church. Amen? What kind of leadership should we be having in the homes? And I'm going to say this. Our kids are all grown up and out of the house. The grandkids are coming, and some of them want to hang out, you know, and they want to stay over. Hallelujah. Amen. It's great that they can come and go. Hallelujah. We love that. Amen. But I sent it out to our, our family today. Carrie was the first one that sent, Happy Father's Day, Dad and Brothers, da-da-da-da-da. But it was very sweet. But we are so proud to be able to say about our sons and our daughter that they are walking with God. One's on, you know, one can be pushing the envelope a little bit. Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, he had Christian Men's Network for years, and he had this quote that he gave. And when he said it, it just was like God branded it in my spirit. Because I struggled. I was a, my father died when I was nine. And I didn't have a father figure through the teen years and a lot of the shapeable years. You know, there's others in here that had the same kind of experience. So my elder, my two-year older brother was my man figure. You know, in the 60s. <laughs> But Dr. Call said this. Because there are a lot of times in my raising up as a Christian man. And we were called into the ministry very quickly after we just got saved. We just started serving God. We just, whatever needed to be done, we were there. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But praise God. But he said this. There were times throughout my history where I really wondered, am I doing a good job? Am I the kind of father God really wants me to be? Am I just following a certain pattern or an assumed type of influence of my kids? Am I doing it right? And Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole said this. He said, parents, and this, is, this will bless you mothers as well, fathers and mothers in here. You can't judge your parenting by the way your kids are. Somebody said, thank God. Hallelujah. <laughs> he said, you judge your parenting by the way your children parent. And I can, we say glory. Our kids, because we were pretty strict. Our kids, and particularly the boys, at least three of them, at least two of the, the four boys, said, I'm never going to raise my kids the way you raised us. They're stricter than we are. And we just let them, oh, okay, whatever. 
Yeah, praise God. That's between you and the Lord. We just bless them. That's between you and God. <laughs> and they happen to be now, they're even more strict than we are in some of the ways we were. And our grandchildren, we have 14. Most, to my, to my knowledge, you know, almost all of them are in the, in the center of God's will or at least endeavoring to be there. That's a blessing. Amen. So I can see it. I can see the fruit. And what I want to encourage men is don't ever get discouraged. You know, men go through, women go through midlife crisis. Men do. Men do. It seems like in the 40s and the 50s, men begin to go through this season of appraisal. Like, do I, what do I have to show for my life? And you forget all the good that God used you to do. And you're in this place of, of questioning. And it's part of male menopause. <laughs> it's like, what do I have to show for my life? Anybody ever had that in here? Just truly. Let me see your hands, men, if you ever just had it. And, and no matter how successful or in your own estimation or, or seemingly feel like you failed, it's like, what do I have to show for my life. But I can promise you this. God's word is true. He is not a man that he should lie. Every good thing that you have done in faith with God will be rewarded. Hallelujah. Maybe we didn't do it 100% right. But I'll tell you what. God's a God of the second chance that some people say. I, I always say this. He's always a God of the second chance. And some people say, well, he's the God of the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. He's the God of the million chance. But I say that's really not accurate. When you say, Father, forgive me for I missed it. I, I, sin means to miss the mark. Amen. When I, Father, forgive me for sinning here in this way of sin of offense. Amen. Or sin of omission or commission. Father, forgive me. You're instantly reinstated to first position. Hallelujah. So if you blow it again, it's not the third time. It's the second again. Are you with me? I hope you get this. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin and is cast into the sea of forgiveness. So he is the God of the second chance. Hallelujah. To do what? Put you right back in first place. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. So, America, masculine leadership in millions of homes. And I'm going to encourage you men. Hear this leadership in the form of loving authority. That's part of your mission with God. Leadership in the form of financial management. Establish something that we're going to put into our children. I am perplexed to this day and I just don't understand it. They should start teaching economics, home budgeting, practical living in, in middle school. They should have it for six years before they ever get out of school and get into the, to the real world. They should understand economics. Amen. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I wish I had it. Glory to God. I, I went to a Roman Catholic high school, and I'll tell you what, I got, my, I got tuned up a couple times in there when I needed it. They knew how to adjust you, and you dare not go home. I'll tell you what, you talk about, uh, you know, workplace violence. Educational violence, you go to a private school, 
part of the deal there is if you need it, give it. That was what my mama. Mm-hmm. You don't, I mean, you don't go home and rat on the priest or the nun. You get it twice as bad. How could you embarrass us? How could you embarrass our family name? And I mean, glory to God, mom will go up one side of me and down the other. Are you all here? Whoa, oh, oh, you don't embarrass me. Um, leadership in the form of spiritual training. In our Western world, it seems like for the most part, the mothers are doing most of the spiritual training in the home. Now, there is a, a balance to it. They are primarily with the children growing up and everything. They're the ones teaching and investing, sowing into the lives of those young ones. Amen. Today, we don't even have stay-at-home moms. <laughs> They're a rare species because of the demands of life. Amen. But the moms are there. But I want to say this. Men, do not for a moment think that your job is just going to work in the secular realm to get finances to live. That is your second job. Our first job is to be a husband and father. That is 24-7. Now, we supplement the needs or the finances God provides for us through a particular vocation. But the most thing important to God Almighty isn't what we do in our vocation. It's how we do it. But why are we doing it? For what purpose? To provide for my family. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. El Shaddai, not El Chipo. God is more than enough. And listen, you know what? I would rather work two jobs than my wife have to go into the work field. I would rather my wife be at home. Bless God. And if the kids are old enough and going to school, I want her to be there. Because you know what? I would much rather have the house in a good way, in order, and have my wife interceding for me and my children. Hallelujah. Turning them loose on the word of God. I mean, that's the ideal situation. I would rather do that. Ain't, well, praise God. Amen. That was a good time. The fourth area of leadership is maintaining good marital relationships. How do we treat our wives? Good marital relationships. Training our children. You know, when our kids were teenagers, when I was still at work, Carol was out there teaching them how to take, treat a woman if they ever went on, went on a date as a Christian. She'd, say, she'd walk out there. She'd get outside there. Stand. Uh, she would say, okay, now pretend like you're taking me for ice cream or for to dinner. Oh, dinner. All right. And she would go to the to the door, you know, the shotgun side of the car, the passenger side, and she'd just stand there. And the boy just get in the car. She'd just stand there. And, uh, you know, like, she didn't say anything. Just like, and they, what's the matter? Get in my door. What? Come around. Come around. Open the door for the woman. She got in. Close the door. Boom. Hallelujah. I praise God. You know what our kids do? For the most part. For the most part. 
by faith. A lot of times they're driving two cars. Listen, I still do it. I still do it 98% of the time. If we have two cars here, I'm seeing her to her car, opening the door, making sure she's in and ready to go. I'm a good guy. Amen. Uh, I, I, I just, I caught it. I caught it in the word. I caught it by, by sitting under good teaching. I caught it as my wife helped train me. <laughs> when my mom handed me over to her at 17 years old and said, no, it's your turn now. <laughs> I, I did always do that. I did. I caught it somewhere. Glory. A nationwide survey was taken in recent years to determine how much time fathers were spending with their children. Now, I want you to hear this. The results were amazing. Fathers with children between the ages of 2 and 12 were spending 12 minutes a day with their children. 12 minutes a day with their children. 12-minute dads contribute greatly to 12-year-old delinquents. Twelve-minute dads contribute greatly to 12-year-old delinquents. Just a thought. No condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1. Amen? Amen? Listen. Our schedule was heady. Looking back over to the clock of time, there are things I would do different. We, we gave up a lot, and our kids gave up a lot, because we, we didn't have the, a lot of, some of the training that we needed. We just, we, when we sold out, we sold out. <sighs> Looking back, I wish I would have had more quality time with our kids. Amen? I'm just telling you the straight. So this isn't condescending to anybody in here, but today's the first day of the rest of our life. One of the greatest joys now is uh, we do a father and son's thing uh, where we go golfing. Sir, can we wrestle? I'm still healing. (laughs) Soon. I'll let you beat me up again. You know, it's funny. I used to be Big Ray until Ray Jr. is about two inches taller than me. Now I'm Little Ray and just older Ray. But not all dads are 12-minute dads. Amen? If that has been your experience, here's the good news. Christ in you, by his spirit, will help you reset your priorities in life and develop new habits. Now, listen, our kids are out of the house and everything else, but you know what? I still need to prioritize time with them. My sons and my daughter need me. They need us. But you know what? They need dad. They still need dad. Not to discipline them and all that, but as a confidant. Amen? As someone who believes in them. And I can tell you, I, I honestly, to the best of my knowledge, and we had some intense situations through the years, I don't think I ever or we ever said something condescending to our kids like, you'll never amount to nothing. You're a loser. I, 
you're a fool. You know what I'm saying? You're stupid. Now, in all fairness and honesty, I have said, why are you acting like a fool when that's not your lot? Are you, you, you hear me? A little different. It's softened. There's a big difference. Amen. It wasn't condescending. It's like you're called to something higher than this. Hallelujah. Amen. Why are you behaving in such a way? Amen. Now, listen, Proverbs 22 verse one says a good name is more to be desired than great wealth. How much do we put value? Do we put in our name, our family tree's name? Because God ordained our family tree. It is something to be honorable. It's something to value. Amen. Amen. Did you ever see the movie Ben-Hur? Anybody? Huh? What does Ben mean? Son of. Son of her. Hallelujah. Ben-Hur. I am the son of her. Tim is the son of Shannon. Hallelujah. Timothy Ben-Shannon. Glory to God. Amen. Michael Ben Cox. Son of Cox. C-O-X. Amen. Amen. So now let's go on here. Regardless of one's vocation, it's essential to spend both quality and quantity time with your children, guys. And now with your grandkids. I'll tell you what. Capitalize on it. Amen. Time. The guys hear this. And everyone in this room, hear this. Time is never something you can make. It's already made. Time, you can't make time for anything. It's already made. This morning was already made before we walked into it. Our present right now, it's already been made before we're experiencing it. And our future is already made. It's already made. But what can you and I do with the guidance of Scripture? Turn to Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16. We can redeem it. Manage it. Rule time. Hallelujah. We love the reality that we're a kingdom of priests and kings under God. Genesis 1 to 26, the plan of God for every person in this room. Let them be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. That is the process and position of a governor, of an ambassador, of a king, of a queen, if I could use that, or a king, male or female. Amen? Amen? Come on, guys. That's who you are. That's who you're created to be, a king in the earth, to rule and reign in this life, Romans 5.17 says. If death reigned through the one, how much more shall we reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ? Reign, R-E-I-G-N. Rule, govern, hallelujah. Bind and, and loose, glory to God. The elders sat, in, the, sat in, in Jerusalem. The elders sat in the gate of the city. Watching the commerce that was coming in. They said yes or no. That can come in for the community or that doesn't come in. They governed. They watched. We, we, we loose that to come in. We permit it. We bind that from coming in here. That's not allowed here. Govern your home. Bind and loose, fathers. 
for your house. Hallelujah. This is permitted. This is not. Hallelujah. What's that? In a loving way. No, that's not allowed here. We told our kids when they were growing up. No, listen, they, were in, they went to public school. We, there's no secular music in the house. Now, I don't care what kind of Christian music you want. If it's Christian music and has a Christian gospel, a message to it, fine. Even if it's a... I don't care. What's, what, the, what are the words? You know, if that gets you moving, gets you grooving, what's, what's the gospel being preached in that, in that? Are you with me? And someone now is even, it's like, are you kidding me? And people can interpret it. No wonder there's tongues in interpretation. Amen? It, but, Christian. But guess what? Our kids and their humanity and working out the bugs. I found secular cassettes. Yes. So I didn't even bring the rod out of discipline or whatever else at that point. What I did was I pulled the tape out of the cassette, wrapped it around it, tied it in knots, and left it on their bureau and said, see me. Yeah. It was like. Glory to God. That is contraband. That is not permitted in our house. Hey, at Bible study uh, with the, the young people on Thursday night, we had an amazing thing. We talked about sex and relationships and all that kind of stuff. Adult stuff. Proverbs chapter 5, Proverbs 7. Matthew 18. It was all guys. Yeah, it was an all guys deal. And it was really awesome. And I forget why he's saying that. Let's come back here. Contraband. Oh, the contraband. Yeah. Well, I forget what I Let me go on. Have you ever wondered will your children go to heaven? Ephesians 5. Oh, okay. I didn't finish here. Thank you, Kara. Let's go to Ephesians 5, 15. Management. See then that you fathers walk. And I, I, I added fathers in this. So as you're looking at the verse... Um, allow me to place in this for this day, for your special day. See then that you fathers walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Doing what? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Bob Yanian, a great Bible teacher, said this one time. And I heard it again. How many of you just are so grateful for nuggets? It's like when you hear something preached or taught or just even in a conversation. I have found that the gifts of the spirit work in a very natural way. They're supernatural, but they work very natural. Something comes out of a person's spirit and just to, to edify or to bless or comfort somebody. And it's from the Holy Ghost without the, thus saith the Lord. It's just a, it's a God blurt. Boop. And it's got anointing, power, and changes things. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Redeem the time because the days are evil. Because you can't make any more time. It's already made. You and I need to manage it. We have to manage and plan. You know what? And as I say this, I'm, I'm convicted in a very good way. Like, okay, Ray, 
I need to get sharper and better in my time management for the things that are important to the kingdom. All right, I'm 66. I got a long way to go. Well, whatever my time is here, I need it to be maximized and fruitful and a joy. Amen. Not a drudgery. It's like glory to God. Hallelujah. When I look at some folk that are 66, I'm thinking, man, thank you, Lord Jesus. (laughs) Praise God Almighty. I'm looking at some folks that are 40 and they're acting like they're 80. It's like, you know, 80 in the natural. It's like, come on. Hallelujah. We got some good genes in this house. Amen. Bless the Lord. So the word redeem means this. To ransom. Ransom it. To buy up time. Buy it. Seize it. Invest. Are you with me? Invest in that time. Manage it. It also means in redeeming the time. To rescue from loss. We can never get back a second of time. You can't get back one minute. You can't reclaim an hour that is lost. Amen? Are you with me? You understand where I'm going with that? And it also says to rescue from loss to improve opportunity. The greatest gift that fathers can give to their children is them. And especially Christ in them. Give him, give Christ big to your kids. Give the word to your kids. Amen. Good advice. Have fun with them. I'm not talking about being some kind of religious freak and dictator. I'm talking about being that love of God himself. Hallelujah. Just oozing out. You know, I love that uh, there was a, 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 a series put together called Matthew. The Laughing Jesus. And it was the whole book of Matthew. And he, this Jesus in there, his name was Bruce. I forget the actor. But he was always like, Jesus was always smiling, except when he dealt with the Pharisees, you know. But it, the joy that he exuded and all that stuff. I thought you talk about something that really portrayed what Christ was probably like. Uh, yeah, and he wrestled with them, and the leper got healed when the leper, he and the leper were rolling around the ground. It was like they were celebrating and rejoicing. Hallelujah. Yeah, it was so cool. But investing into our kids, investing into your marriage, investing into relationships. Amen. You cannot substitute a popsicle for pop himself. You cannot substitute a popsicle for pop himself. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Though both have a place. Whether it, listen to this, whether it be a car or a candy bar, a fishing rod or a hot rod, you cannot substitute these presents, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, for dad's presents, P-R-E-S-E-N-C. Man, we carry a glory. We're entrusted with his glory to to represent Father Abba. 
maybe we didn't do it all right. But man, we can get it fixed quick. Amen. That's where we're going. That's what we're going to do. So, let me ask you this: Will your children go to heaven? Has anybody ever thought of that or been concerned? You don't have to raise your hands. Okay. Let me get share with you some statistics. One congrega- a congregation actually did this analysis, a larger one. They found that where both parents were faithful to the Lord, listen carefully, including active interest in the local congregations, programs, or areas of ministry, both parents, 93% of the kids remain faithful. 93%. That's pretty huge. On the other hand, if only one of the parents was faithful, that figure dropped to 73%. Where the parents were only what we would call reasonably active in the Lord's work, only 53% of the young people maintained their faith. And here comes the shocker. In the cases where both parents attended only infrequently, the percentage of their children who remained faithful to the Lord dropped to 6%. Now, there's a great song in the day. The cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when. We'll get together then, son. You know, we'll have a good time then. Man, when I heard that song, I wept. And I, and I measured myself. I thought, oh, my God. It's so true. Come on. There's a lot of Christian ministries that use that song to communicate like, hey, guys, we have to take charge. We have to be involved. And so many men outside the home seem freer to be be communicated. And we know this. You know the stats. Most men have 2,000 words a day. Women have five. So guess what? During the day, they're not using many. We come home, we're used up. And Mama, she's like, I got 4,000 words to, 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 to bring out here. <laughs> and you're the only one here that can, I can communicate with. <laughs> Why won't you talk to me? I'm used up. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you my ear. <laughs> wow. Isn't that amazing? 6%. Here's a promise. Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 9. Here's instruction. And I want to encourage, I seriously try to keep this before men, not as frequently as I probably would like to. But the spiritual added, I'm sorry, atmosphere in the home should be set by the father and the mother. The spiritual atmosphere in the home needs to be set and put in place by the father and the mother, the patriarch and the matriarch. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, 
that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. That you may fear the Lord your God. To keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you. You, your son, and your grandson. All the days of your life. All the days. So regardless of this, Tim being our, this, <laughs> regardless of this, our fourth son still being there to speak into his life and to bless him. Now, we've got his curtain climbers, our grandchildren, that we're still able to best into them. Hallelujah. I just want to say this because of the way, um, the way things are today. Don't feel if your uh, kids are grown up and out of the house that you don't have things to say and speak into their lives. You do. The thing is, somebody said this to me recently. Carrie, I don't know it was if it was you or Raymond. Somebody just said to me in the past week or two weeks, it was our generation that started to push away, like, push away those nuggets of truth. Like, we don't need you to speak into our, that you were saying that. You, we, you don't need to speak into our lives. We got it. We're okay. We don't need you, Mom. Very self-sufficient. We don't need you, Dad. We don't need you to say, tell us what to do or help us out. Humanism and <clears throat> humanism was increasing. Yet the scripture is so filled with the blessings of the father at his last breath when these things always continually speaking into their lives and and the mom you know the grandchildren the grandchildren need their grandparents they, they need us to speak into their lives we can speak into it a different way but it, it just continues on the legacy of um a godly heritage yeah. yeah, praise God. Our firstborn granddaughter, Kirsten, on occasion she'll say this to me. She said, Pop, I want my husband to be like you. I want my husband to be like you. I want a man like you. And I'm thinking, oh, if you only follow me as I follow Christ. <laughs> listen, listen, Paul. Paul, Paul made it clear. He said, follow me as uh, I follow Christ. You know, Paul had a little, occasionally he had some anger issues. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's go on here in this precious scripture. Verse 3. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you. That it may be well. That it may be well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. 
Hero Israel. And I put in my notes, families at Good News Church. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Hallelujah. Why? Because that's the place you're going to put value on it. Amen. Verse 7. This is the instructions to men and women. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way. When you lie down. And when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Amen. So the onus of responsibility to equip the family and to look over the family, the welfare spiritually, is God's, and as far as God's concerns, for the men to take that place of influence. It's not a dictatorship. It's a loving authority given by God to be stewarded. Amen. And entrusted to us. Father's Day. Fathers and mothers have the greatest opportunity as teachers of anyone in the world. You see, the boy or girl in the home has the chance to see if father and mother really believe and practice what they teach. A father who says he believes in Sunday school and then does not go himself is teaching by his actions that he really does not feel it is very important. A father who teaches love and tolerance to all and yet maintains a critical attitude in the home toward his brothers and sisters in the church is doing a wrong to his children, which may never in this world be undone. Proverbs 6 says, God hates those who sow discord among brethren. Amen. It is a, it is a, a, it is pure poison to the mind of the child and will most certainly be a stumbling block in the way of the child becoming a Christian. I'll tell you what, we carry a lot of serious influence in our lives. A father who says he believes the Bible to be the greatest book, to be God's word to us, but leaves it on the shelf to gather dust while he spends hours with the newspaper, magazines, radio, television, and technology is in reality saying, children, the Bible is not too important. You should read it if you have extra time. What are our priorities? I never finished what Bob Yanian said. <laughs> How many in here? I know I said it when I heard Bob Yanian say this. It tweaked me big time. I want to make a better world for my kids. Anybody ever say that or think that? Let me see your hands. Men, I need to see you. Okay, I just need to be on the page with me because I didn't want to be alone. <laughs> I, I, I was there. You know, I, I've got, I want my kids to have a better life than I had growing up. Bob Yenian said this. He said, parents, it's a misnomer for you to think that you can make a better world for your kids. You can't. Jesus said the world's going to get darker. So how can you make it better? But he said, this is how. 
what we can do is make better children for a darker world. Hallelujah. Better grandkids for a darker world. Amen? Great-grandkids. Shaka. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen? Which of you have... Uh, I'm going to pass that one. Let me, let me read this to you. In Genesis 17, 9. Men, I just want to share... I just really pray that you don't take it as like saying maybe, maybe you didn't engage in this. Maybe you heard it and you thought about doing it, but you never really put it into action. Don't worry about... Don't look at your, uh, your lack of doing these things as a failure. Just say, you know what? I've got light now, and I'm going to put it to work. Amen? Genesis 17, 9. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. Amen? He's speaking to Abram. And Abraham, he's not speaking to Sarai. He's speaking to the seed carrier. Come on, guys. Ha! Hallelujah. I sent something out to our gang today. I said, let's honor our father by making the Shannon name honorable in Christ. You did? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Fathering is committing to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and teaching your children to do likewise. Proverbs 22, 6 says to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Amen. Again, Proverbs 22, 1. A good name is more to be desired than great wealth. Silver and gold. Amen. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. I'm always, my mind automatically by default goes to the words of Jesus. When he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Lord, show us the father, Philip. How long have I been with you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He encapsulated all the Father is. Amen? That's who Jesus was, the incarnate Son of God. And I always say it this way. He was the, John said, he's the Word made flesh. And he dwelt among us, full of, amen? Hallelujah. The, the Word was made flesh, dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that's how God wants you and I to be in society. Containers and releasers of grace and truth. What does that encapsulate? The love of God. So you and I are to emulate that. And it starts in the home. And that's found in John 14. But I want to just read this to you. Let me give you some scriptures. And please, if you have a phone and you have notes, write these down. Or you can listen to the telecast on the 
website. There are certain scriptures that I have stood on, and I'm seeing the fruit of it for years. The first Bible, when I first got saved, my cousin who led me to the Lord was influential in guiding me to that. First Bible he gave me, a New American Standard Bible, was 2 Corinthians 5.17. I opened up that Bible, and I found any man found in Christ is a new creation. The old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. I don't know about you, but when I got saved, I got saved. There were so much sin files deleted. Boom! Glory to God, I couldn't even find it. I tried to recover some of them sin files in my early Christian walk. You know what I mean? I was like, where are, where are they, where to go? But God deleted the file. Bless God. My shikita basha kondalene. Amen. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5.17. I speak it over my family. Any man found in Christ is new creation. Now, let me go to Acts 16.31. Is Paul, the Philippian jailer in Philippi. But the, he says this to the jailer, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Wow. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to the patriarch of the family. Because listen, back then where dad went, the family went. What dad believed, the family believed. Amen. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house. Glory to God. Amen. Joshua 24, 15 D after the great conquests and victories. Joshua says, okay, the inheritance has been distributed. And he says, okay, now you all have to make your choice on whether you're going to embrace the foreign gods again or stay with God. But as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Done. Deal. Sealed. That's the way it goes. Amen. That's a, I mean, that was a solid rock declaration. Joshua had no vacillating in his conviction. And we need to have that same thing. As for me and my house. Listen, I have. I have. I've had in good times and in bad times. When hope was deferred and the heart was sick. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When it didn't look like it was going to go that way. We will serve the Lord. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. No weapon formed against my family can prosper. And every tongue raised up against it is condemned in judgment. Devil, get your hand off my gang. Don't touch my seed or my seed seed. Hallelujah. I mean, you, you have to kick it up a notch. Amen. Malachi 2.15. This book of Malachi is mainly directed to leaders in the kingdom. But he says, he brings an accusation to the priests. They're saying, well, God, why is this stuff going on? He said, because you have been violent with the wife of your youth. Treacherous. And God says, I hate divorce. Because it covers one's garments with violence. It has a violent effect in, on the whole family tree. Amen. So it's not the unpardonable sin. But God is speaking to the leaders there. And he says there, why has God made the husband and wife one? Malachi 2.15. Because he seeks and desires Godly offspring. 
So that's in my confession box. That's one of the things I decree. My, our seed are godly in the name of Jesus Christ. Raymond, Eric, Christian, Carrie, Timothy. They are godly seed. Them, their God-ordained spouses, and their seed for three and four generations. Hallelujah. When you stand in the office of a patriarch and matriarch and you decree a thing, it will be established and light will shine on your way. Guaranteed by God. Amen. I don't know how God's going to make sure they come back on the path. Should they waver or wander? But he will. He'll be a good father. The prodigals are coming home in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you have one that needs that, they seem to be faltering. Proverbs uh, 21, I'm sorry, Proverbs eleven twenty one b The posterity of the righteous shall be delivered. Amen. You can't have them, devil. Come on, guys, you've got to put your foot down. No, in Jesus' name. Get your hands off my seed. Hallelujah. Pick up that sword and start whacking that hook and horn thing. <laughs> Glory to God. Cut him. Hallelujah. We can't kill a demon, but man, you can slice him up good with the word of God. Hallelujah. So I'm going to close with this. I hope this is encouraging to y'all. Fathers are wonderful people. Come on, guys, say it with me. Fathers are wonderful people. (laughs) It's a poem. I wish you could meet my dad. He's really quite a guy. I wouldn't trade with anyone. Here's the reason why. Whenever I have problems, doubts, or questions too, we talk them all over, Dad and I, and find what's best to do. He helps me practice baseball and gives me useful tips and even lets me go along When he takes fishing trips. Then too. My dad's a Christian. We often kneel. And pray. He helps me live as Jesus taught. Yes sir. My dad's okay. (laughs) Hallelujah. May that be the poem. Your seed. Speak about you. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, men, stand to your feet, if you would, those of you. All men, fathers are fathers to be. Oh, yeah, I want to read that, didn't I? Which one was that, babe? Okay. I want to pray this. Carol shared this with me this morning because I was wondering how the Lord wanted to minister something special to you. Please receive this from the Holy Ghost, from the Father. And it's from the message version, but I'm going to pray in Ephesians prayer over you. I'm going to do what Paul did. I get down on my knees before the father, this magnificent father who parcels out all heaven and earth. And father, I ask you to strengthen by your spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. That Christ will live in these men as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, 
that our men here would be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess, guys, or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah in Jesus. Glory down all the generations. Glory through all millennia. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, let it be so richly deposited in each one of us that we'll be moved today. That today's the beginning of the rest of our lives. And as your men, your sons... That we will rise up in truth and in your righteousness. Into the positions you desire for us as patriarchs or patriarchs to be. That will be men of God. Unashamed of the gospel of Christ. Loving our families. And loving all in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise for you. He's good. We thank you for this wonderful word this morning, Father. And we thank you, Father, for the empowerment of this word to have its place in our life, to have its work in our hearts. And, Father, that you are changing us. You're changing us, Father, to be a people of your kingdom And that, Father, that we're raising up kingdom children, kingdom teenagers, kingdom adults. Yes, Lord. Thank you for the honor and the privilege, Father, for this. For they truly are a gift to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Real quick, we've been having workshops on um, Wednesday nights. And they were really geared for anyone who wanted to volunteer in those areas. You've had your announcements. Um, For those that wanted to volunteer in any areas or um, um, to come out and hear about it, we're down to June 21st. Now, if you've missed anything there that you see on your announcements and would like to um, volunteer, we need help in every, every single area. We need help. But if you would like to volunteer in any area, Please see the um, the uh, department head leader. Uh, some of it you'll see Pastor Carol and Sue Novak for greeters. See Sue, okay, because we had our meeting. I administrate the Ministry of Help, so it was Pastor Carol. Pastor Carol, you'll see that. But see the one who is over um, over that area, okay? Uh, this coming Wednesday is for ushers, male and female, all right? Um, please be there on time. We're asking everybody to be there on time because we want to keep it in the framework, all right, in that time framework. So that would be June 21st at 7 o'clock. 
Pastor Tim is going to be heading that up. And um, June 21st, did you clap? Oh, Mike did. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. And then um, hospitality. I want to explain this to you. That's why I want to just take a moment out here. Hospitality is an area that we need um, committed volunteers in this area. So what it is is um, when we have, like, we have our Holy Ghost forums coming up. All right. So Patty is going to oversee this area. But we want to change it up a little bit and do it um, a little bit different. We will have, um, Patty will organize it and all, but we need help to set up. We need help to tear it down and everything. Um, That's one area in hospitality. When we have functions, dinners, uh, lunch, whatever it is, you know, uh, refreshments, whatever it is, that you will see, Patty will oversee it, and the, the committed ones, male and female, okay, will see Patty, and sh- and you guys can all work it out, all right? Um, the other area is when, say, a person is um, at, went to the hospital, had to have some treatment or whatever, um, or maybe an operation when they come home that we are there to just, you know, maybe take over a meal to them. The one thing that we have always asked that, especially when somebody comes home from the hospital, that we, you don't go there and hang out with them, you know. You can go there, deliver the food, and pray with them if you want to, and then scoot out. So all that I'll be going over with Patty and whoever is volunteering. Please come out for that. Um, Usually all you guys all group together, you know, and all do it. But we got to kind of get it organized, okay, so that we know who can do what um, and be committed to it, all right? And I think, and then June 28th, that's the following Wednesday, we are having a worship ministry time, and that's with Pastor Ray and Carol and Pastor Carrie. Um, We are also... um, um, inviting those that would want to be involved in uh, being a part of the ensemble and praying and believing that God is going to raise up those musicians. We got a lot on Thursday nights, and but some of them are in other churches. Some are graduating, some are coming up, and so on. Some of our grandkids, you know, a lot of them are our grandkids. But here's the thing. Um, we want to see things grow, everybody. Yeah. Okay? Fruitful. This is a wonderful church. Yes, it is. And we want to see it be fruitful and grow in every area. And the worship team would be just absolutely awesome to have. If you have more others that want to volunteer or to come out to hear what it's all about, what the commitment is to it, um, come out. If you want to see if you want to be a part and you're in singing, don't be offended if we tell you that your voice might not be for this area, okay? I have a wonderful, beautiful voice, and they won't let me sing with them, you know? But I am not offended. Not offended. I won't keep offense. I'm not offended. But my voice is glorious before the Lord. But I would rather have somebody tell me, um, you know, 
But there might be another area, or you might need to find your range, okay? And here's the other thing I always, always encourage. If you really want to be a part of it, get voice lessons. Because I know Carrie got voice lessons, Elena got voice lessons, and Kate had voice lessons in school. She was a part of the choir and so on there. So, you know, what you want to do is improve. And if you really feel that that's something that God wants you to be a part of, then come out and and see and see how it all blends and everything, all right? So it's it's an awesome place to worship God. There's something that happens up there on that platform when you're up there. It really is. Your Bible will open up into fragrance. <laughs> you never know. I can still sit there smelling at times, and t- times I can't even smell it. So God's just treating me. The Lord's treating me today. It's probably because I have the whole gang coming over. For, yeah. All right. So I think that's it. That's it. Okay. So, okay. So look over, look this over and, you know, do what you have to do. Tomorrow night is prayer. Anything else, guys? We are planning. We're just waiting to hear for a, um, a day that we are going to have a fun day together. All right. We're not sure if we're going to a campground, a lake, to, and that we could do baptisms there. Um, so we're just waiting to hear. If that doesn't pan out soon, we're going to just go ahead and, and make some other plans. All right. With it. Let's, who said that? Let's do it. Do, Mike's been after us since he's gotten given us life to the Lord. He said, you know, I got to get baptized. I got to get baptized. Patty needs to get baptized. I don't know if there's others in here that, that need to get baptized. But, you know, we, I, I would love to see us have a tank up here, you know, somewheres up here and just splash. But I'll tell you, the power, the glory, it's something so supernatural. Amen. All right, let's all stand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What a wonderful day. Be a blessing to others. If you see others in the store or something and ask them if they're a father, if they are, say, God bless you. Happy Father's Day. Amen. Like I said, I sent a text out to all eight of my brothers. You know, on Mother's Day, it's I sent it out to seven of my sisters and I make the eighth. So I come from a large family and it was pretty cool because they're sending texts back to me and just saying, thank you, Carol. Thank you. But one of my brothers, Jeffrey, just sent back and said, um, well, we were in an accident yesterday and a woman went through a red light and I saw it coming and Michelle was driving and he yelled, Michelle, she's going through the red and she quick tried to swerve, but the woman still hit them pretty hard and the airbags went off and all and they did like a three-quarter turn but um if she didn't swerve i don't know what would have happened but jeffrey was just sharing that with us all and i said jeff we're gonna i'm really gonna keep you in prayer and it's like it it's like there's things where there's opportunities and i just see the grace of god always praying for our family always praying for their health and their protection and, and seeing the deliverance of God, seeing God continue. So please don't stop praying Psalm 91 over your families, okay? And Psalm 23. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. We ask you, Father, for your favor to be upon us this day.
And, Father, for your favor to be upon all those, Father, that we encounter this day. We ask for your blessings, Lord God, to be strong, Father, in us, that it's realized in us. And, Father, that your blessings live strong through us, Lord, to be a blessing to others. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord Jesus. You're the head of the church. You're the head of us. And we love you, Holy Spirit, for being so patient, so loving, so good to us, to work and conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. We bless you, honor you, in Jesus' mighty name. We all agree and say, Amen. Amen. Glory. Happy Father's Day.